Do you know what today is? Yes, of course. Well, it's Groundhog Day. That's right, Woodchuck Chuckers. It's Groundhog Day! Punks and Tawny Phil, the seer of seers, prognosticator of prognosticators. What's it going to be? Six more weeks of winter, I say. Six more weeks of winter. Or it could be the coming of an early spring. You think it's going to be an early spring? Who knows? Punks and Tawny Phil. Showtime. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. What's up, everybody, and happy Groundhog Day. Little Wyatt and Willie is uh, predicting an early spring, which is good. Of course, he's not bound to that, which makes me concerned. It's just basically making idle promises. He should run for parliament. (laughs) Just promise whatever, make everybody love you, and then whatever happens, happens. What do you think? Willie is like the ultimate politician, isn't he? Uh, Willie be pretty cute to look at anyway. Do you find groundhogs cute? You know what I do, actually? I find groundhogs to be similar to, like, beavers. So they're, like, they're not the most adorable things, but they're cute. You know, they have some cute tendencies, Hmm. I think. Okay. Well, uh, for what it's worth, if you want to believe in such folklore, uh, Wyatt and Willie says early spring, which is actually kind of going to get a little bit of fuel this coming weekend because it's going to be a little bit warmer for Super Bowl, which is great. And it's Super Bowl week. Yeah. I love it. Uh, We had a great conversation on our FM radio show today about real estate. Let's be honest. Interest rates are low, really, really low. They're going to stay low for a very long time. We already know that. Bank of Canada has basically predicted it. But the problem is houses are so fucking expensive right now that if you own a home, great. You could sell and cash in and, and make a couple hundred grand maybe. But then you've got to buy somewhere. So are you really any further ahead? And the biggest problem is not enough houses on the market. Too many people looking for a house. So I don't something's got to give here, Kat. Yeah. And it all depends. Everyone's situation. And what I found when we were talking about it, too, we were talking to somebody who really knows real estate. Well, it's what they do is everyone is it's situational. There's not a straight answer for, is it a good time to buy or sell? It all depends on your situation. Like, I mean, you mentioned, okay, so if you're going to buy in the same area that you're selling, are you really that much further ahead anyway? Well, if you're going to downsize and you're going from this, a a, a big 5,000 square foot home to an apartment, and that's where you are choosing to go. Yeah, that could work out in your favor. You can cash an extra hundred thousand on top of whatever your listing price is, because that's what seems to be happening mostly it's they're not even going with the price i notice that they could get they're they're going with the price that the market should be at and then they're just getting well over a hundred thousand asking depending on the price of the home of course it's all relative to the price of the home but it, it might be a good move for you if you are downsizing maybe but if you're looking to just stay within market for whatever reason i mean i personally would hold off a little bit i think yeah, it's too expensive. Yeah. And let's think about the realities here. If if houses, I mean, detached ones with the fence and the yard and all that sort of thing, it used to be that they were the cream of the crop, the most expensive. And, and a single car garage was cheaper than a double car garage. And we all know how it works. If you can't afford that, maybe you look at a townhouse or a semi. And if you can't afford those, maybe you look at a condo or something like that. Now even the fucking condos are going for like five, six, seven hundred grand in Toronto. I really don't know how someone gets into the real estate market now. I mean, if you're renting, you're going to be stuck in that endless cycle of renting until you can afford a down payment to get into something. Well, those down payments are crazy. It's ridiculous to me that we're we're giving out interest rates that are basically free. I mean, you're basically not paying much interest at all. 
But you still got to put up, what, 40, 60, 80 grand to be able to get that almost interest free mortgage. And people can't put away that much money. I really think the solution is I really think that they need to lower the expectations for a down payment. You know, I mean, when I bought my first place, I was quite young, but I distinctly remember my down payment was $4,000. I put down 4000 wow. and I got a townhouse slash condo for hundred and thirty-five grand with three bedrooms. When I sold it two years later, it was right when the real estate market was starting to ramp up. I made like two hundred grand on that place. Yeah. It was nuts. Yeah. I know I they always, have to do something about the down payment. That's yeah. the only solution to this. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. It is. It's pretty crazy. Things have changed so much. Um, even since I was a first time home buyer, I bought uh, when I bought my first home. What I will say, and I think I still stick with this, even though the market is weird, is buying uh, a new build is always mm-hmm. a smart decision because what you're paying for it now, that price will increase by the time you even move in. By the time you even get through that door, it's going to be worth more than whatever you paid for it. And that's always the good. That's always good. But that said, the, they are also a kind of hard to come by now, apparently. I mean, you we've seen it before. I, I have anyway. There's lineups out the door the morning that these homes, these lots are going up for sale. So it's all hot and it probably all equals out to really shitty if you're a first-time home buyer. I really feel for those people who want to get into the market because I do recommend it to anyone who thinks that it's feasible for them to, to do. And also, you know what was brought up today that I didn't even realize, I didn't even think of until this morning, was for those who are currently renting, and there's a lot of renters out there whose prices have gone up too. But aside from that, renters who are living in homes, but all of a sudden the owners of those homes, they're going, I could make a lot of money if I just sell this place. And they're choosing to give a warning and do everything they have to do. But they want to sell that place. It's their house, Mm -hmm. so they can do whatever the hell they want um, within the terms of the contracts and everything else. I didn't think about that. There's probably a lot of people currently selling off their their rental houses right now because the market's so hot. They have nothing to do but gain money. Yeah, I mean, it is a license to print money right now if you can sell but don't have to spend more to get into your Mm -hmm. next place. You're going to bank Big, big dollars. But I mean, just back to my other point, and I'm not a banker or an economist by any means, but I really, really think that the the only way that something's going to give when it comes to the real estate market is for banks to either lower the threshold for a down payment or allow you to borrow the down payment. And maybe you have to deal with two different banks. Maybe there will be some foreclosures because people can't afford to pay back the loan that they got for the down payment and for the actual mortgage. I don't know what the solution is, but that's the place where things could give is if they would lower that expectation. And if anybody has a great idea, I'd love to hear it because I'll pitch it. I'll take it right to the top. Ideas are good. It's difficult, though, from their perspective because they've seen a lot of foreclosures. They've seen a lot of bankruptcy or whatever people have to put in play to help them out of this predicament. Some people, a lot of people, too many people will go ahead and buy things that they can't actually afford. I don't know if you notice this, but that's why our credit card debt is so ridiculous. So they're worried if you bring it down too low, you actually can't afford month to month to pay for this mortgage. So it's also a concern on the other end, Scott, where there are some people who would take full advantage of whatever was in place to help with the down payment portion and then not be actually be able to afford that house. And that's not an okay market we want to be in. That's not a place we want to be at at all. No. 
let me again reiterate my disdain for former Premier Kathleen Wynne because it was her brilliant idea to try and cool the housing market. And all that did was cost people money. That was fucking ridiculous what she did. So now we need to come up with a new approach. And the reason I think now is the time is because rent is so ridiculous. People who are renting a townhouse are paying upwards of $3,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Newsflash, that's the mortgage payment. Yeah. The yeah. only thing separating you from renting and owning is the down payment. But when you're paying 3000 a month in rent, it's impossible to set aside enough money to get that $60,000 down payment or whatever it is. That's the missing piece of the puzzle here. And these old dinosaurs in the banking industry, they're going to have to change the way they do things. They really are going to have to, unless they're protecting people for some reason. But it it just seems to me that there's a lot more people who could get into the market, but they're intentionally being kept out of it because of that unrealistic down payment expectation. Uh, Like I said, you can DM us on that or anything else at Scott Fox on air on Instagram or at cat on air. That's cat with a K. Uh, Besides real estate, there's a lot of things we're going to cover today. Courtside Karen is a thing. (laughs) You want to explain who Courtside Karen is and if she's going to be a celebrity or if she's had her 15 seconds of fame oh, well, now? Okay, so I'll answer that right away. I think I think it's done, but uh, she loved every minute of it. So here's what happened. It was during the Lakers game. There was a guy that started chirping LeBron. I'm not even sure why. Obviously, his play or maybe whatever. He doesn't like LeBron James. Okay, fine. So LeBron James hear his, hears his chirping. And every now and again, LeBron is the type of player that will actually answer to it. He will clap back, if you will, even though I hate that term. But anyway, he will. So he did that. And he called the guy. When you isolate the, the which by, I love that the arenas are, you know, more empty than they are full because you can hear everything they're saying. So you can actually hear LeBron James calling this guy an old, old ass roid guy or old roid ass, something like that. And that's when the wife of old roid ass because he looked like, you know, he looked like he was on steroids, to be honest with you, this old guy. So then that's when the wife got, intervenes, gets up and tells LeBron to fuck off, basically. So LeBron kind of laughed it off. He called her a bitch or something, too, according to her. So later, after the game was done, they all got kicked out, by the way. They got, all got kicked out for numerous reasons. I mean, not only did they yell at one of the players right there, but they all the chick also took her mask off to yell at LeBron. Like, no. Oh, for they're, they're not, sake. Yeah, like, come on. It's really hard to get into a game as is. Can you at least make sure that you play by the rules here? Keep your fucking mask on, lady. So she took it off. She started yelling at LeBron, whatever. Their whole posse, there was like six of them in total or so, they all got kicked the fuck out. So they're gone. LeBron, after the game, tweets, uh, courtside Karen was mad mad and thus here we are courtside Karen is a thing so I'll let you guys hear for yourselves courtside Karen which she had to say back to back with LeBron James answering questions after the game and by the way he doesn't seem to mind what went down last night that LeBron off in Cleveland this <laughs> lady wow well, she's pointing like that one meme with the lady and the cat. Just got kicked out of the game for talking shit to LeBron James. For talking shit to my fucking husband. This is such fucking bullshit. Listen, let me tell you. LeBron James looked at my husband during the game and cussed him out. And I stood up and I go, don't fucking talk to my husband. Talk to my husband one more time and I will fuck you up. And he started fighting with me. He goes, shut your mouth, dumb bitch. And I go, you shut your fucking mouth, bitch. No, at the end of the day, that's, uh, I'm happy fans are back in the building. I miss that interaction. I need that interaction. 
we as players need that interaction. I don't feel like it was warranted to be kicked out. Um, there was a, 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 you know, a back and forth between two grown men, and, and which, uh, uh, and you know, we said our piece. He said his piece. I said my piece. And then when someone else jumped into it and, and said their piece, um, but I didn't, I didn't think they were, you know, should have been kicked out. Um, but they might have had a couple of drinks maybe. And they could have probably kept it going in the game, wouldn't have been about the game no more. So I think the referees did what they had to do. Um, and I don't, I mean, it's, it's fine. I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, taking down the mask or whatever the case may be at that point in time, you know, would have harmed anybody but the people that was right next to her. I wasn't close enough to her. I don't think any of my teammates was close enough to them. Uh, maybe a couple of rest, maybe. So I hope they're, I hope they're okay. Do you see? Wow. Do you see a difference in the explanations as to what happened? Like one is very uh, profane, laced, and angry, and one is very calm and like, yeah, all good. You know, I can't tell if I love courtside Karen or hate courtside Karen. Yeah. <laughs> courtside Karen's a no fucking around kind of woman. You can tell. Either way, you can't take your mask off. You're lucky to even fucking be there. And uh, that's rude. Athletes can hear those chirps and it must get to them. Like, I know that they're professionals and they're supposed to leave it all on the court and block out the fans. But when you're LeBron James and a fan is chirping you, that's got to suck. Like, it's got to get under your skin a little bit because people are not nice when they chirp. It's not meant to be endearing or a compliment. Like, they're fucking mean. They are, you know what? They are mean. I've been to plenty a Leafs game, for example, where there's people decked out in Leafs gear, right? They look like a fan, but the way they talk and yell at the players during a game, a fan shouldn't be doing that. Like, fuck you, Matthews. What are we fucking paying you for? Whatever they're yelling at whoever. Like, are you serious? You're the one that bought a ticket to this game. Who's the fucking loser in this situation? Well, he's making millions. Sit your ass down. You just enjoy the fucking game. I, I like hecklers drive me insane. I don't care if it's about the team, the opposing team that you're yelling at. I don't care if it's your own team that you're yelling at. Uh, just, just shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Should never chirp your own team. And never that's just own. brutal. I know that's what boggles my mind is when it's a supposed fan chirping at their own the team that they're there again. You paid money for the ticket. What are you doing? Oh, you know what? If you're a Toronto Maple Leaf, it must be amazing that you've made it to the Leafs. You're at the show. You're in the NHL. You're doing all the right things, blah, blah, blah. But if you're not living up to the fan expectations, they will talk shit about you to your face. Travis Dermott probably gets it on all fucking ends. He probably doesn't know what to do. He should be the happiest guy in the world right now as a young up-and-coming hockey player with Toronto, and he gets nothing but hate from the fans. There's a couple of Leafs in that situation. I mean, Leaf fans will easily turn on Freddie Anderson. Mm -hmm. Freddie Anderson. I mean, I get that he's not playing as well this year as he has in past years, but still, you don't chirp your own fucking goalie. You need him in the right headspace to play in that game. Fuck. (laughs) Why would we do that? No, I know. It's frustrating. Uh, Courtside Karen reminds me very much of Victoria from The Bachelor, who is finally gone. Last night, she went out in a blaze of glory. Telling Matt off when she was walking out the door. Okay, so no joke here. Before we, because we will play exactly what went down. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this. I've seen a lot of dramatics when the people are dumped. Whether it's a guy, like I've seen guys blow up and be like, "What the fuck? This is we have something special. This is ridiculous. Like, like fuck this. You know, I'm out of here." But I've Mm -hmm. never seen someone like blatantly tell off. The Bachelor, here's what, here's what happened when, thank God, Victoria was dumped. 
I'm upset because I know I didn't do anything wrong. I was invested. I cared about him. So I think he made a huge mistake. I honestly feel so sorry for you that you would listen to hearsay and not all of the facts behind a situation. So goodbye. You think I'm going to go hug him goodbye? No. And he just stared at me. Like, how dare you? He is not my king, and I am still a queen. Matt is a jester. The fact that, like, he chose Katie over me, ugh. Yeah, Matt, I feel sorry for you with your choices. What a bitch. Wow. Like, five minutes before that, she was going on about how all the other girls were wrong for him, and she is going to be his wife, and she's the best one for him, and she loves him. And then just flipped a switch and turned on a dime and started telling him off. Look, because she wasn't there for that reason. I, she, I don't think she even gave a fuck who The Bachelor was. This is one of those people who just wanted her 15 minutes. And you know what? It'll also buy her a ticket if she chooses to Bachelor in Paradise. And she will end up in on Bachelor in Paradise. I can guarantee you. She, she was made out to be this extreme villain. And yeah, absolutely. Some of the shit she said was just unbelievable. But if you actually watch the the episodes where she's in group dates for example in those uh groups of women there's people that talk to her laugh at her jokes you know touch her arm they don't hate her you know they make it so that it seems like she's public enemy number one because that's what you're supposed to do when you're producing a show that's otherwise kind of a boring season like this one in my opinion um you need a villain yeah you need something that someone can talk about the next day and they didn't have very much that people could talk about without her I'll be honest with you. It's a fucking boring season in my mind. And I don't think Matt James is that great. I don't know. But you could tell when you watch the footage, you watch kind of behind the scenes of what's happening when they're not really, when you're not supposed to be paying attention to it. It seemed like she got along with most of them pretty good, causing a little bit of drama purposely, like I said, because she wants to continue on in the franchise. And again, she's only as good as Bachelor in Paradise. They're not going to make her a bachelorette. By any means, I could tell you that because you can't be that hated. You have to be like middle ground, like some people don't like you very much, like a Claire Crawley. She was just hated enough that it would make headlines, but nobody hated her too much to watch the season. For Victoria, nobody would watch it, I think, anyway. So I I won't be surprised if we see her and we also see Dale on Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah, that would make sense to me, too. That, that would make a lot of sense. Um... Today, the prime minister is holding a news conference and he's going to announce Canada's going to start making vaccines right here, Kat. Well, it's about fucking time. <laughs> Thank you. I thought the exact same thing. You know, people were bitching back in the fall when we heard that there's a vaccine coming. Well, what do you mean Canada doesn't have domestic vaccine production capabilities? Then fucking make them. We didn't have facilities to be making all these N95 respirator masks a couple of months ago either. But now we do. Just fucking build it. Apparently today they're going to announce they've worked out a deal. Now, what I'm not sure about yet, because they haven't done the announcement, is are we going to make the Pfizer vaccine? Are we going to make Moderna, Johnson & Johnson? And I assume we had to pay for the rights to be able to manufacture that vaccine. Mm -hmm. It's essentially like we're opening up a franchise, if that's the way they've got (laughs) it laid out. How sad. (laughs) But yeah, you're right. And, And Okay, so we already bought all these vaccines from, say, Pfizer. If we decide we're going to start manufacturing here, can we cancel that order and, and like, fuck them? Or are, is that part of our order that we ordered it and paid for it, but we still have to make it ourselves? That's a great question. I, I, I don't know the answer to that. I guess it all depends on this announcement and where it goes and what vaccines we've actually purchased. 
Isn't it ridiculous that it took until February the 2nd for them to announce that we're going to start making them here? Like, if you guys haven't noticed, there are a ton of vacant factory facilities in this country right now, thanks in no large part to COVID-19. Yeah, really, we might as well use them. You might as well start eyeing some of the, uh, eyeing some of the Bay stores, because fuck, that's on the oh, way out for sure. The, the Bay seems like it's up Shit's Creek, doesn't it? I think so. I'm going to miss Bay Days. They just laid off 600 staff. I don't know how many they had, but 600 has got to be a fairly substantial amount of their employees. It's so sad, many people though. are I mean, losing sad. their jobs. Yeah, no, exactly. Like it actually, it's really sad because I'm not sure where we're going to end up. Walmart's obviously sitting pretty and not going anywhere. But when it comes to those big stores that we all remember, you know, Zellers, Kmart, and <laughs> Target was very short lived in Canada because it sucked when it was here. But <laughs> all of those spots, I mean, if the bay goes, we don't have much. Sears was gone. What do we? What do we have left? You're absolutely right. It, I don't know. Roots, Canadian Tire. <laughs> I uh, I don't know what the how this is going to end either, but I know that it is very, very frustrating to see what's going on. And I thought it was time to open up. Like last week, I was thinking the number of active cases is dropping so quickly. We're getting way more recovered patients than new patients every day. That's a good sign. Let's fucking open it up. Let's all just shake hands and say, we know what we have to do to protect ourselves Take care of yourself, but let's get back to work here. Let's get kids back in school. Let's reopen the businesses. But now this X factor is the UK and the South African variant. And and I mean, I'm reading the news here from today. And when it comes to the UK variant in York region alone, they just uncovered 39 new cases of that linked to 24 different households. Close contact is the largest factor in the spread. Then in two different people in Peel region, they found the South African variant, which is worse than the UK one. Those people have no known link to travel, meaning they didn't travel and they don't know anybody who did. So where did they get it then? It's like we're right back to square one. It's exactly like we're back to square one. I'm getting flashes of when we really didn't know much. And we're hearing all kinds of shit about it. I don't know about you, but it, oh, masks don't even really work for this variant is one thing that I don't even think is a fact yet. But there's people suggesting that that's the case, that the physical distancing uh, six feet is no good with this variant that or with some of the variants. I don't know which one. It's uh, because it hangs in the air for so yeah, long. Yeah, because it lingers longer. It is more deadly, blah, blah, all of these things. And it's like we're at a point where we really don't know solid answers. It's like when, when it, COVID-19 was first here, we didn't know any answers, too. And I'm just like, but this time we know everything we know about COVID. And we're all going, well, fuck me, right? Like, how long is this thing going to last? Like, you got to be kidding me. We got like I my mindset is starting to change a little bit. I'll be completely honest with you. You're evolving. Yeah. yeah. I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not extreme, but. We need to start opening up more shit in areas where we're doing better and keep protocols in place and make sure it's safe. But I think that it's becoming a big issue, a big issue in terms of people's mental health. Like it's and financially, obviously, we have people who are like homeless, basically, because of this, too. It's just and I don't mean to suggest that it's not worth all the lives that we could possibly save, but fuck like we can't just carry on like this for another year we can't no we can't it can't possibly can't. go on much longer we need to open the borders again we need to get people See, out I don't again. Even give a shit about the borders like for me don't give a shit go ahead and really? keep those clo- yes 100 percent. keep those closed off don't care i'm talking more we need some forms of socialization to commence we need 
it's to we need people to be able to talk to people and see people that they haven't seen as long as they know that they can do it safely. I we need bubbles again, at least, you know, be able to be in a room with 10 people, but know that you're safe with those 10 people and really restrict yourself. But at least you'll have that open stores. Open the fucking stores like mm-hmm. they're as long as they're doing it properly. Right. And continue to find those who aren't. Absolutely. Go ahead. Step out. Double check on things. Change the rules a little bit to make it even harder for stores to have a ton of people in it at once. Do what you got to do. But I'm just really of the mindset now of let's let's fucking go here. OK. What about restaurants and bars? Are they safe? Do you think? Because those were yes. the things that were the super spreaders back in the first wave. Well, hmm, were they, they say? Ah, that's a great question. Were they actually were they? that bad? I don't think they were. I, I think there were those who broke the rules. Yeah, like, fuck them. They should get shut down. You break the rules, you shut down. But if you're doing everything right, and there's a lot of restaurant owners that did everything right, you should stay. Not only that, we need to change the rules. Like, here in Ontario, it was absolutely ridiculous. No more than whatever amount, X number of people in your restaurant, even if you have a restaurant that's 15 times the size of that pub that's downtown, you, sorry, you can't have more than 10 people. Give me a fucking break. Change those yeah. rules. you gotta, you got to make it a little bit easier for them to make the money, especially this time of year when there's not a patio as an option. According to a new poll by Leger in the Association for Canadian Studies, the vast majority of Canadians support the move to tighten restrictions on international travel. So what you're suggesting is keep the border closed and then it can't get in, but let's open up everything here and just get back to normal life. Well, kind of like they did over in Australia and New Zealand. Kind of. And that seemed to work for them. Again, I don't think we should just like willing. I mean, if we did that, if we just opened everything but stayed in our bubble, we're going to see more people die. Like that's going to happen in our old age. Like I know that our long term care homes are suffering enough. So that's shitty. But if we are extremely careful on on that side of things and those who are vulnerable, get all the support they need to make sure that they are can stay safe in their bubbles, then I don't understand why not. You know what I don't understand is why travel to the sun destinations is prohibited, but you can still fly to Europe or Australia or uh, China, Japan. Uh, You can go just about anywhere except for the Dominican Republic and Cuba right now. Mm -hmm. But if you want to go to the Dominican Republic or Cuba, it's very, very simple. You just need to fly down to the U.S. and then you can get a direct flight just about anywhere from there. I heard that uh, Trudeau is going to be talking to Biden directly about that loophole, if you want to call it that. And see if there's something that they can do. I don't know what they would do. I guess turn down anyone who has a Canadian passport. Is that what their plan is? I don't know. I mean, for the U.S. to say Canadians can't come, that would be a very harsh move. Right? But if Canadians are going to fly there to go elsewhere, then uh, maybe that's an issue. Uh, there's also a lot of people flying down to Florida, Arizona, Vegas, all those places because it's warm. And this is when people are supposed to go away. Now, I don't know if that threat of a $2,000 isolation stay is going to deter people but it certainly won't deter everybody people have got the money and if they want to travel they want to travel or they'll find a way to declare that trip essential and it's kind of hard to argue with people because the government has already said everybody thinks what's essential is different it may not be essential for you to or you may not think it is for someone to go to florida and stay at their condo if that person's doing a real estate transaction or a reno or they're afraid a pipe might burst then they could say, well, that is essential. Who's to say who's right and wrong? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a ton of loopholes right now, and it's very, very frustrating because people, if there's a loophole, they'll find it. Mm-hmm. Loose thread, pull on it. Let's go. Very, very frustrating. So what is the solution, by the way? Do you think that we're almost out of it, or do you think no? Are uh, we going to be in this for a while? Because if you'd asked me a week ago, I would have said we'll be back to normal by July. 
And now it kind of seems like that's getting further away yeah. as this new variant starts to spread. No, I mean, I, I would count 2021 as a bit of a write-off just in terms of quote unquote back to normal like we're not going to all of these concerts that were rescheduled for 2021 and it's funny because i just looked at the list of concerts that haven't yet been canceled for 2021 ones that are supposed to happen in june like they're not going to happen they can't possibly make money off of it because they can't have that many people in one venue so they're going to be scrapped like all of those kinds of things are not happening we're not meeting all in public we're not going to festivals concerts aren't going to be a thing uh i think that there's going to be a little bit of wiggle room for some things and i hope that schools can get back and teachers everybody feels safe about that and i don't think that's going to happen though until the start of next school year like i honestly feel like 2021 is going to be a write-off until the fall if we're lucky like by halloween if we're lucky we can have a somewhat normal halloween but not as normal as 2019's halloween was I think that we need to build that that vaccine making facility right away, yes. Justin. Build it and get a vaccine into fucking everybody. Give them two. I don't give a shit. Let's get back to normal because this is really fucking dragging. Hey, there's a question. If there's someone who knows the answer to this, let us know. But can you get more than one? Like, let's say I'm uh, I'm lucky enough to have to take my pick. And I'm like, well, fuck, Johnson and Johnson has this and Moderna over here has that. I want to pick both. Like, can you mm. even do that? Or is there harm to that? I think that would be right up there with wearing two condoms to make sure you don't get an STD or get them pregnant. So it's I not mean, the worst idea. I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea, but whether you wear one or two isn't really going to increase your protection that much. Having said that, I don't know the right answer, but I highly recommend in certain circumstances, maybe you should wear two condoms. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we all know the circumstances. <laughs> All right, we got to go. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate you listening to After 9. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button, and then you'll get a notification each day when we post it. And then you can download it on work, Wi-Fi, or whatever. You don't have to use your data. Uh, Subscribe is a good way to stay in touch with After 9. Anything else we got to do here? I think that's uh, about it, friends. Have a great one. And we will uh, be right back here tomorrow. According to a safety reporting system run by NASA, the rise of in-flight errors during commercial flights is being blamed on pilots being rusty because of the pandemic. Don't worry. It's just like riding a bike 30,000 feet above the ground. (laughs) O.J. Simpson received the coronavirus vaccine on Friday, but maybe still stay six feet away. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.